Blue Wire Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome into a Sunday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. And that means a crossover with all eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward, as you know, obviously, under the Blue Wire umbrella in an OBR podcast endeavor, as Brad and I always enjoy getting together for your Sunday editions. And we have a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about, Brad. The, the Browns were at their very first day down in Greenbrier, which is uh, a kind of chaotic day, really, right? You get all the veterans in, um, you know, the, the day before. Now you're all f- flying down to Greenbrier. I don't know if there was like a um, a memo on clothes to wear because everybody looked comfortable, but Jim Schwartz showed up like it was Miami Vice. I love that. He's uh, he's there for he's there for the seriousness of uh, of the dress. I, I like. How do you respond <laughs> to that, Brad? Did you like that from Schwartz? I I did like it from Schwartz. Now I must say that. Uh... Because of the article I'm writing about him, I was actually looking for uh, clips of him with the Titans. And so I hit videos and I came across, uh, he does this often. So okay. this is this is not a first time thing. This is him uh, over the years showing up in a jacket uh, in lots of places where it's not called for. So that is going to be the MO. You're going to see a lot of Jim Schwartz <laughs> in... Saying. Yeah, he's going to be in like full suits, yeah. maybe a little more than we would expect. So, yeah. all right, shout out to Jim for the look. Go check that out. That's up at the uh, at the OBR's Live Wire, where you can find every single thing that happens throughout the day. It's a new endeavor we're doing. I know I have talked Fantastic. about it before, but it is a, a, literally like a scrolling Twitter feed where you don't have to actually be on Twitter. You get to uh, have that stuff filtered to you into your pretty much into your inbox by, by checking out the OBR every day. It'll be a part of your newsletter, all the above where you, you know, we're taking the time out to put everything, no matter how big or small into the newswire in some way, shape or form, but you get a scrolling run through of what's going on. And we, we noted a lot of different stuff. So the big thing that happened today, the Browns get there to uh, the green Brian. We're going to talk about other little things that happened, but they did a walkthrough at three forty-five, And then we got a glimpse of some players on the field uh, and again, very, very much a walkthrough, so not much to talk about from an action standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what we got afterward was most important, which is some some quotes from Kevin Stefanski. All right, and then we got I think we got some Denzel Ward commentary, and yep. then that's probably it. So we'll just kind of go through some things, highlights that the that Kevin Stefanski said in his presser. So uh, Stefanski starts out kind of saying how appreciative he is for everyone's support, you know, and going to Greenbrier. He knew this was a big endeavor. It takes away from the normalcy of the Berea rundown, you know, that that fans usually get. And I think it's a good thing, Brad. I think it's a good thing to get away here for eight days. And I know fans love to see the Browns up close and personal in Berea. And I know there's a lot of great elements to that, but I think this has a chance to be good for them. Do you agree or do you dislike them being away from Berea? No, I actually think that this is the best thing for this team in right now, too. So, like, no distractions, get away, just each other you know i'm sure they'll have some team bonding stuff right and then mm-hmm. um you know and then they get a chance to go to philly too so you know i know that fans are upset there's only eight home sessions but they'll be late so uh they should be good ones um and you know they should you know have pads on and a lot of them and stuff so I just, uh, I think it's really good. I think it's a great idea, and uh, I'm in full support of it. I am as well. Good stuff. Uh, second quote, which is not surprising to me because it's it's one of the you know hot button topics right now with, with the good the Goodwin Marquise Goodwin news. Yeah, he man. says he believes Marquise Goodwin can come back, and we're going to talk about this a little later. He says he believes he can come back, but it's an unknown and a bit scary. In the meantime, we're supporting him 
We don't know where this goes is what his quote says. So we'll talk about Goodwin later. So we'll hold on to that one. Uh, this is the first time Joel Batonio has been in the same offense four years in a row. But he noted the offense is evolving. He says it never mm. stays exactly the same. Follow those breadcrumbs, right, Brad? Yeah, you know? exactly. Feels that the Hall of Fame game, Stefanski said, lengthens the runway, but changes how they ramp things up. They want to best utilize the time that they have. That game is going to be here before we know it. It's like two two weekends away or, my, or, or three. I, it's, not, it's close, right? Yeah, we are exactly like, uh, yeah, two weeks, right, from... Less than that, even I think, right? Less it's going to be here weeks. fast. So they it's have the like third, these, I think, right? Yeah, these Greenbrier days are really important. Put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, it does lengthen the amount of time they have to practice because they get this extra sort of scrimmage game, but uh, it changes a little bit of how they go about getting everything ready. And I think they're doing a lot of this Greenbrier stuff because of that. Um, so here's kind of the bigger surprise: the only Taki Taki. And Anthony Walker, they'll rehab. They'll be smart with how those guys come back. It'll vary for each guy, uh, as it says here. Schwartz has a hamstring left over remaining from minicamp that he's dealing with. So mm. long story short, they're not going to get a pupless situation or any of that sort of stuff to start the year with Taki, Taki, and Walker. But it doesn't sound like, and I wouldn't expect those guys to be back right away. I actually would think Walker would be back before talkie yes. talkie but i i just don't think just because those guys weren't put on the list doesn't mean to me brad that they're just going to be out there practicing soon right do you expect do you have i mean they have not they've played this very close to the best both timelines like mm -hmm. nobody's come out and given us a date for anything do you expect walker week one i kind of do i think i do yeah i think i do for walker i mean acls are just a bit more they carry more stigma, I guess is the way to say it. So I, I yeah. don't think, especially with how late in the year, I know that it seems to me, Brad, that guys coming back from ACLs, like there's some buzz that Kyler's going to be back relatively soon. It just seems like right. ACL recovery is getting know, more advanced is the mm -hmm. way to put it or something. But I wouldn't be surprised if Taki's back earlier. I cannot imagine a guy. I mean, that was like a week 12 game, right? Like I cannot imagine he's going to be back really quickly at the start of the year, but I guess he could. I mean, all ECL tears are different. Uh, so wait, uh, so that's Taki with the ACL, Walker with the quad, right? Mm -hmm. So correct. I expect Walker week one. I don't expect Taki Taki week one. Is that I how do, you feel? I do not either. I, yeah. I but it's okay. interesting to me where he's starting out this. Yeah. This, uh, and there's you know, been some stories out there, kind of like, hey, he's doing really good. So I don't, you know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah. All right, next from Kevin, preseason game zero versus the Jets will provide a lot of reps for young players, which should be expected. Against the Eagles, they don't anticipate seeing the starters much. Later games remains to be seen. I don't ever expect. Usually it's gotten to the point, Brad, uh, I'm sure you would agree, where these games, there's like one preseason game that's the real ramp-up game, usually the second game, mm -hmm. maybe a little of the third but those are the real ramp ups. I do not expect to see very much like it is going to be a Dorian Thompson Robinson affair in the, in the first two preseason games. You'll probably see good amount of Josh Dobbs in those two. So um, yeah, leave, we'll leave it at that. I don't think there'll be any surprises with starters playing early in these first two, especially the game zero, which will be just a glorified bottom of the roster session, but again, chance so. to see some guys, right? Yeah, so I had this uh, 
a mailbag question a couple weeks ago and we kind of dug into it, but I didn't realize how the schedule plays out a little bit. So I was kind of walking through it and I know we know Stefanski doesn't really like to play his starters very much. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, in the past. So I was thinking about it now, normally your dress rehearsal would be, I think the Eagles game in a normal off season, which would be the three, but because they play them in joint practices in the past, he has kind of given the starters off in the game following the joint practices. So I figure that the Browns dress rehearsal will be against the chiefs in preseason game four, because they actually have that week off before week one. Yeah. That's super weird. It is. It's been a new thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's possible, right? Especially considering you have a, a full week, uh, a full week off there that you want your most recent efforts to to matter. So yeah, it's it's yeah. certainly possible. I expect them to play somewhat heavier in one of the games and then lighter in another one. Maybe they get a series or yeah. two that 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 whatever. If we're calling the Jets week zero, then the second week there, I think that they get some action, a series or two similar to what the Browns did last year in that. And then they play a little heavier portion uh, in the, in the third game. Yeah. I think you think you could be onto something, but I don't expect those guys to be playing. I don't think they're going to be playing a ton early. Um, okay. Perry on Winfrey situation. He said was disappointing. They're monitoring the situation with defensive tackles. Don't think there's a plan to bring someone in this very minute. We'll see. It's very open-ended. I think they'll consider it. Let's leave it that way. They said they're mm-hmm. monitoring the situation. We'll see. Dewan Jones came back at a good weight and is ready to work. That's a good sign. Yeah. Don't, you know, you know, I don't, I would hope that there would be uh, the ability to get to the right weight as a professional. Amari Cooper looks great mentally. It's a sharp grasp of what they're trying to do out there, which is, uh, I love that from Amari evolving role for him and coming off that core muscle surgery. That's good to hear. They really mm-hmm. like the rookie class, smart class. They said happy with where they, uh, what they retained from the summer camps. Another thing good to hear. Deshaun, definitely uh, different knowing he's our starter. Helps him get the max number of reps he needs. Works constantly getting people together. Speaks to his leadership. Another, again, vanilla quote. Impressed with the guys that were, uh, you know, what the guys were able to do in terms of conditioning over the 40-day break. So that's good, right? Guys come back in shape, ready to go. They can't do anything as a team on Wednesday. Um, So I'm not sure what that quote pertains to. Yeah. What does that pertain to? I'm actually no not idea. sure. I'm going to edit that out. So what time? That's 1045. All right. We'll skip that quote. They are not doing a formal conditioning test as well, Brad. So there you go. Those are the big quotes. Denzel Ward. These are going to be great. Denzel usually gives like forward answers. Yes. Um. Here's his highlights. They have the guys and the talent. They have to put it all together. Very obvious. He knows. Yeah. That. Great wild, defensive wild playbook. Card. Yeah. Great defensive playbook. <laughs> going to be hard on us which is what we need right in our ear. Fiery guy, Jim Schwartz is. He's going to tell us like it is. Rodney McLeod brings great leadership showing up since he got here. Speaks on goals and other things. His leadership has been big. I think that's that's important, Brad. I think they've needed a leader, older veteran in the secondary. You forget that they, you know, like they've had John Johnson, but he's sort of like in, like sort of that alpha. I think they just needed a seasoned vet that can yeah. still play. Not an Anderson Deho, like, like a guy who can contribute who like can just show them how to be professional. Cause I don't think John Johnson gave them enough of that. It was pretty evident by what you heard about him and how he performed. Right. Totally agree. And, uh, heard nothing but positive things about McLeod so far. It's been, uh, he's getting his flowers here in Cleveland. So 
for sure. You love to hear that. Man to man, it's going to be big. Making that a focus, trying to win one-on-one battles and get better. It's a strength of ours. It's uh, it's one of our pluses. So you continue to hear more and more breadcrumbs for mm-hmm. higher volume of man-to-man situations. Maybe don't tell everybody that, but uh, right, good to hear. Um, he also said he's looking forward to seeing the defensive line in action. Think they will be special. I think that's the echo of a lot of people. And really what the Browns are expecting as an organization is that that group will be really special for them. That's kind of all that happened. It's not, it's not a lot today. Um, you know, and it shouldn't have been, it was just a walkthrough. Right. And, yeah. and, and we got a couple quotes. It'll, it'll pick up. We'll see more live action. So like I said, that, that will pick up in the coming days and, and we'll, we'll get to see more the clips will come. Those will flow in and we'll get more quotes from the coaches and all of that as we get some reaction, but that's kind of it. Anything else that I didn't uh, sort of mention here, Brad, that stood out from day one. Uh, not really. I thought um, I was kind of uh, I didn't know what the facilities would look like or and, and you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. was kind of cool to see. Uh, I thought that Fred did a good job of kind of getting a shot of that before and during and uh, where they'll be practicing for the next eight days or whatever. And then, uh, you know, you know, the Greenbrier is kind of a special place. So uh, I'm really interested to see like or. You know, this doesn't really pertain to today, Jake, but I'll be interested to see maybe it leaks out. We hear what kind of team building things they are doing around the Greenbrier or what Stefanski has in mind there. I'll be listening for some of that. Also be listening to what the players think of it. You, you yes. know, that stuff will sneak out as well, whether they yeah. thought it was worth their time. Because a lot of these guys, you know, uh, again, a majority of these veterans and even the the college kids, they stay in this. They, there's you really don't see the traveling anymore. Like it used to be a real thing. Like I know Fred Greetham wrote on that for us about the history of Brown's training camps. And they used to go to different various universities. But most of the universities are staying in their, you know, deluxe practice facilities and like. The Browns have always been in Berea of late, so like it just is different. And I'll, I'll be curious to hear what these guys have to say about an experience many of them probably haven't even had. Like like really getting away for a you know a true training camp. Like that's probably the first time any of these guys have done that since they went from their high school to the university they committed to. So that's uh, that's yeah. another element that that could help with the team. But you're only spending time with your guys, right? There's no there's no other no other time you know i know they locked the guys down a little bit during stuff in berea and they put them in hotels and kind of get everybody together that route but uh it's not the same this is different not it's travel it's, it's bonding so i i will be interested how much the browns like it and whether they make it a part of a bigger part of what they do in the future so all right anyway we're gonna take a break we'll come back we got two things we know about the cleveland browns as we usually give you on sunday so we'll be right back All right, big thing is Marquise Goodwin. We said we were going to talk about it, Brad. And yeah, like Goodwin is, you know, you could probably consider him the fifth, fourth, fifth guy. And you don't really have a ton of receivers on the field all the time. And, you know, if you could pick a guy to get something, you know, to cause, never looking to say you want somebody to be on. That's not what we're saying here. But in terms of just like being able to stomach missing a player, it's not, it's not the end of the world here. But, I do think it has some significance. So I was kind of like curious your thoughts on it because my thought was initially like this matters. He was going to be, a, he was going to be yeah. on the field. He was a really effective player in limited snaps because he got hurt last year a little bit. But when he played for the Seahawks, he played and he had 
a high 300 yard receiving total and multiple touchdowns and he made plays in the open field and he was kind of running more out of the slot and doing some effective things for the Seahawks offense and you know he was having a really nice mini camp and I think that there was some hope like he was going to be a real member of getting onto the field so this it has some element of sting right no it does I I think it stings for sure because you know uh his ability to stretch the field you know, I think he's the fastest guy out there for them. A still at his age, you know, flat mm-hmm. feet, speed and, and his ability, you know, he understands the game. He understands how to get open. Uh, and I was interested to see how Stefanski was going to use him in that way because, you know, the Seahawks did a pretty good job of using him and getting him open, uh, and you know, in those situations and, and taking advantage of his speed. So I actually thought he was going to be, you know, obviously not massive, you know, numbers or anything, but I thought he would, you know, be a big play guy for them and, and be able to, you know, put him out there and get some chunk plays and stretch the field. And uh, he jokingly made a comment when he was on total access just a day before this came out, you know, they were asking about his speed and he's like, well, guys know to back up when they're guarding me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Hey, I mean, he legit probably is right, you know? So uh, he changes the way a defense has to play you. Uh, so it is significant for sure. You know, it, this whole, the blood clot thing is, is I am not a doctor. I don't know, you know, anything. I just know that it ended Chris Bosch's career, um, sadly. Right. And that's the, like the thing I equated it to right away is like, I went straight to, I was like, Oh yeah, Chris Bosch. Remember he kept trying to come back and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's where my mind went to right away. So I don't know what, the diagnosis or prognosis is for him. I don't think anybody does. I guess according to Kevin at this point, it's kind of wait and see. But uh, I don't really know how to hash that out, his chances of coming back and whatnot. I, th- I think I've read that he's a sickle cell guy, um, yeah. deals, deals with some of that. I, it's Listen, I, like you, don't have any idea either. I'm not a doctor, but I do know it seems serious enough serious. that there's some consideration that it is going to hinder his season perhaps – hinder more than that it could hinder his career i i don't know i'm not trying here to sort of here to plant a level of doubt that his year is over but you gather all the information on these things and you're like okay there's a chance that this is really gnarly uh, and, and could could cause him to miss a significant amount of time if not the entire season and that stinks we're, because they they wanted him to be a part of things man so i i'm leaning toward just Sounds kind of callous, but I just don't think he's going to be there this year. It's hard to imagine. It's a lot. Were you surprised that he was there today? I don't know what to think on it. It seems like they're still doing a lot of gathering information, and maybe he's done all the requisite testing and is just sort of waiting for the results. I, I mean, maybe. if there was if there was more to be done, I, I'd have to imagine he would he would be doing those tests. So. I have to oh, think for that, sure. I yeah. just, that's kind of, I, that was the one like positive. I took away like a little bit, like mm-hmm. if it was like known that it was going to be like a long drawn out thing, maybe he wouldn't be there or not. But I mean, he guess he wanted to be around his teammates. Maybe there's nothing to draw from that. And I'm just being hopeful, but he was there in you know, athletic gear and talking and you know, whatever. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised actually a little bit to see him there. I I think if you want to look at it optimistically, that that could be a good sign. It could it could be, and I'm not saying that you're wrong for looking at it that way in any in any way, shape, or form. It it uh, 
just like anything, we can't really definitively read into it or they would have probably, you know, they'd have told us yeah. or, or he would be doing a little bit out on the field and it was just walkthroughs, right? So yeah. um, a little bit of that, but it is, it's not bad. It's not bad that he's yeah. there doing that stuff it means he's still invested. So maybe he's, you know, he's telling his doctors, I'm not, I'm not removing myself from this equation until you tell me I can't play anymore or something right. like that. So um, we'll see, but it matters. And I, I just kind of wanted to, Give it a couple seconds. Just like Perry on Winfrey's dismissal is like, you know, everyone is, oh, they were going to sign somebody anyway and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I know we, we thought that too, but it's a second year player who we thought had talent and started to flash a little bit. So it's not like, it's not like nothing, right? Like, no, it's I, not it's, at all. No. Everybody wants to put on the orange and brown sunglasses. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but this is not a pod that you come to for that stuff. Like I, I, uh, I try to paint pictures of, of the good and the bad, and these are not good things to lose a defensive tackle because he's too immature or can't handle the, the life that comes with being in the NFL and is making horrible decisions. A guy who, if he's on the straight and narrow, has a chance to be a real contributing member. You need those guys. The same for Marquise Goodwin. You, you, you know, you got Amari Cooper who has uh, perpetually battled injuries in his career. Elijah Moore got hurt a little bit last year. You need... You need yep. depth there. So, you know, and Anthony Schwartz, who this this situation would have given a chance, like opened the door for him some. He's dealing with a hamstring still, apparently, from uh from mini camp. So yeah, it's not that's not a soft he, tissue injury. He yeah. sure is. So it is dicey, uh, in terms of like like Jalen Darden gets a chance here, like Mike Harley, some of these guys uh who are sort of uh, fringe bottom of the roster types will get a real chance to make the roster and uh, you know, you start to say, are there some receivers on the market that they could entertain somebody stepping into that sort of role that Goodwin was occupying? And that's a conversation for later. But again, remiss not to really dig into that because it's not just a brush aside thing, even though he's not at the top of the depth chart. The other big piece of news, Brad, is that we got some Jersey number changes, man. All right. So uh, two of them. The first one is Greg Newsom going from 20 to zero. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not as in love with the number zero as some people are, but I, I think I like it on Greg. I think the, the running joke is, well, he doesn't have any interceptions. That's a good number for him, even though you know ball production does not indicate quality coverage. Uh, people Bad seem to, to miss on that, like 15 pass breakups and some of the stuff he's done doesn't mean anything. That uh, just kind of tells us whether you know ball or not. But um, I think I think I like it. I don't have any issue with it. I'm not sure it's like a, a massive number upgrade, but I think it's... Uh, fine we'll see what do you think i'm a fan of single digits uh period so the single digit on a corner uh linebacker edge uh those guys i like it i like it so i'm i'm a big fan of uh you know i agree zero is probably my least favorite single digit but it's a (laughs) single digit i think it's better than 20 so i'll roll with it let's see what happens yeah all right the other one that carries some substantial Yes. Uh, impact here is that uh, you, you know all of you out there who committed to buying a Baker Mayfield jersey which you know no shame it is uh has a chance now to be rebranded if you can buy a nameplate because Jeremiah Usukoromo goes to his college number he goes to 6 so we get a chance to see the history of the number 6 kind of be rewritten thoughts on that love it absolutely love it get your sixes Get them to a shop. Get them somewhere. Get them repurposed, as you said. I, I mean, I don't even know how you do that, but I, don't I have no idea. Somehow, somewhere, you can do it. I, there's a, there's something with the NFL that, like, if a player gets traded, 
they do something with the jerseys, right? I know the like, NBA. The NBA does. Does the NFL? The NBA does. Maybe it's not the NFL. Yeah, you're, maybe you're right. It's the NBA. Either way, uh, I think they should out. do this. If somebody like okay, if a guy switch, it doesn't even get traded. If a guy switches numbers, you should be able to yeah. take your one hundred dollar jersey and ship it back and have them put a nameplate over the one or take off. It's just like this is just reason. 1000 to like not buy jerseys of NFL players. It's like, yeah, this is uh, a, a nonstop issue. And, you know, until I know a guy is like on a second contract with big money, like I'm just sort of hesitant to ever retire. I got an Eric yeah. Metcalf jersey. I feel safe about that one. I have a Bernie one. That's all I have. That's like yeah. you, you just just play it safe or these things become a garage sale fodder at that point or, you know, whatever. That, so, they should do though, if they were smart, the Browns would get with fanatics and get like a coupon out there to get your sixes, like pay 40 bucks to get your sixes turned into JOKs. You would think and make them money. There's millions of sixes out there. Oh, there's a ton of them and they're still sitting on the walls of your favorite you know, Marshall's or, or, uh, whatever the other, <laughs> these TJ Maxx's, right. <laughs> yeah, right. They're all over the place for like $6 yeah. a piece right now. So, yeah. uh, they, they should, I mean, you would want people to wear Brown's gear and you know, they, they wish the team would do something for that, especially, you know, and I understand guys leaving the roster. That's a risky take, but if guys on the roster switch, you yeah. know, switch their Jersey number, there should be something for that. You know, I know that the, in order to switch those Jersey numbers, they have to buy out every piece of non-sold, jersey out there so if it's been printed a 28 you have to cover the cost of that to switch the number now i'm sure there could be something in contracts where they can uh get it done covered paid for by the team or something like that but that's a huge reason why guys don't switch more often is you have to cover the cost of all the jerseys that have already been printed right so something to think about when you when you make those yeah yeah all right i I mean that's all i have brad Here's what I'll find my final question before mm-hmm. we go. Is it safe to say that you ride with six again? I like JOK and six more than I like the history of uh I of ride the, with six. You ride with six. Yeah, that, that joke I saw people is back. saying it's that al- today. So. It's alive. It's alive and well. Hopefully JOK plays well. He was he was really good in uh in six there at, at Notre Dame. So hopefully that translates over here and it and it works out well, right? Yeah. Is Baker Mayfield wearing six for Tampa Bay? Great question. I don't know. All I've seen is some highlights where he's airmailing. Some Air I believe he is wearing six, though, I think. I don't know. I think he's going to start for them, Jake. Uh, Kyle Trask is absolutely atrocious. So if he yeah. does not, that does not bode well. Um, it, it, does, it doesn't bode well for Tampa Bay in general. It's funny. I've, I've got two guys that I went to Muskingum with who are huge Tampa fans. And one of them is just kind of always made fun of Baker. Didn't like him, you know, and I'm just riding, I'm just riding the high of shooting him text messages all the time with little snarky remarks about that stuff. So that's gotta be great. He gets to experience it now himself. So we'll be fun. Anything Brad, other than that for the Sunday edition here? No, man. uh, You know, just uh, read, Read the OBR, the live wire, Jake's uh, creation, or, you know, it's it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's uh, I would advise you to uh, lock into it every day uh, and um, read everything else at the OBR. Read uh, things I think I know tomorrow and read about Schwartz's defense for me, and there's all kinds of good stuff coming out. 
it's a it's a prime time at the OBR right now. We got a lot of great stuff coming out. Some uh, thoughts on the team, thoughts on training camp. Look forward at schemes and just it's good good stuff. Good content every day. Make sure you're stopping by, checking it out, and signing up, taking advantage of subscription opportunities tied to both cheap options that you can get uh, during promo periods, but also the Paramount Plus opportunity as well that you can get for an annual subscription. So take advantage of that. Make sure you rate and review both the OBR Film Breakdown and All Eyes on Cleveland. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you stopping by on these on these uh, these dreary summer Sundays. So thanks for giving us a little bit of your, uh, your mental capacity and, and throwing the podcast in your earballs. We appreciate that. For Brad, for me, thanks for stopping by, guys. Have a great Sunday. Check in the OBR for more content on day two at Greenbrier. We'll have it for you. Thanks again, guys. Go Browns.